Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Hocus pocus. Hocus mocus. Schmocus schmocus. Chapter three. Allison led the way, through, though Max knew exactly where they were going to also. She cut through the graveyard, which made Max nervous that they might come across Jay and Ernie again. The last thing he needed was to be forced into a fight to defend Allison's honor, or his own. The graveyard was eerie at night. It seemed less like a place which Salem Harbor and more like a place to perform weird, occult rituals. The tombstones resembled crooked teeth and linen trees towered like gaunt, broken bone skeletons watching them in the dark. Danny clutched Max's forearm the whole time, and he thought her nails were clipped too short to dig into Max's skin. He could feel the pressed the, he could feel the press of her fingertips through the jacket. It almost made him feel bad about the whole thing, but he reasoned that he'd go to school the next week with the best story in, in class. Really, he was doing her a favor. The, they exited the graveyard, and Allison led them all the way down the street to the corner with the stop he sign. Her favor because he could be Peter Pan with- That's true. I wish they would fast, have fast-forward to the next year with Danny and Max dressed up as Peter Pan and Wendy. But- and Allison could be Tinkerbell. So cute! She took, she took Danny's right hand in hers, and Danny still clung tight to Max's wrist, and fluttering, feeling, stirring, stirred in his belly. It was almost like he was holding Allison's hand. He'd never thought about what to do or, or whether or not she'd get along with Danny, but he liked that she did, and he liked that she tried, and he liked that she took them across, that she took them to the crosswalk to teach Danny good road etiquette. A stone, a stone wall bordered on the sidewalk. It was made of big river tumbled rocks stuck together with crumbling mortar and stitched even more securely with creeping ivy. Legend has it that the bones of a hundred children are buried within these walls, said Allison, running her finger, her fingers along the time-polished stones. Oh, great. Allison let go of Danny's hand and they approached the wrought iron gate. You ready, she asked, looking from Danny to Max. Max nodded, pressing Danny against his hip just in case she tried to book it. Tights. She muttered, meeting his eyes. He nodded. Allison looked at them both, like they were like they were in on something. But she pulled the old key out of her sweater and unlocked the gate. Oh, she has the key, because her mom used to work there. The three of them stepped through it, and something small and dark shot across the path in front of them. Danny jumped, short or not, and this time Max felt the bite of her nails. What was that? she hissed. Max dragged her forward, taking her torso with him as if his feet were rooted to the ground. It's just a cat, he said, then knelt down and pointed to the fallen tree to show her. The two yellow-green eyes caught the light of the distant street lamp. Remember they said a black cat guards it so nobody messes with it? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's... Mm-hmm. It's not just a cat, Allison said. It's the cat, the one that warns you not to go inside. It's been here as long as I can remember. How long do cats live? Danny whispered urgently. Max felt around the fallen leaves and picked up a pebble. He chucked it towards the glowing eyes, prompting a yowl. The cat disappeared. 
But he threw a rock at the cat. What the heck? No. Rude. Honestly, if no. I were Allison, no. I would be like, if you ever do that again, I'm going to open a can of a whoop, you know what, on you. I just want to talk to him. I'm not going to grab my baseball bat. I just want to What would you do if you're dating somebody or you were going with somebody that you might have a crush on and he threw a rock at a cat? Um, I would be baby, done. My baby is a black cat. Named? Binks. Yes! Zachary Binks from Hocus Pocus. Yep, we have a black cat named Binks. Oh, man. How to do his yeah. Oh, I didn't think I'd hit it, he said. No, Danny and Max and Allison both looked at Max disgusted. I didn't think I'd hit it, he said. Danny sighed and looked at Allison. Max failed at a baseball camp, she said, sounding resigned. They started they started up the buckling path. I didn't fail, Max said. Fine. Max came home crying from baseball camp. That that was a long time ago. How do you even remember that? My blackmail book to Danny. Do you know what a blackmail is? It's a list of things that people do that are embarrassing that you can use against them. Mm-hmm. My blackmail book, said Danny. The walkway petered out for a long, out long before they reached the house, and then the three of them were focused on, forced to tromp through a thick carpet of dead leaves. Max stepped down in sp- a spindly fallen tree, <sighs> applying all of his weight to make it easier for the girls to pass. Allison steadied herself on the shoulder as she did, which made Max swallow hard. The house ahead seemed ahead of them was smaller than Max expected, but somehow it seemed to loom above them as if the spirits were far bigger than the collapsing wooden porch and broken eaves. Max eyed it, feeling uncertain. He knew that he'd be the only, he was the one who'd suggested this field trip, but he was beginning to think that the place would cave in on them, or at least give them all tetanus. The low wooden steps creaked as Max climbed them. I don't think we should go in, said Danny. Max gave her a look and she rolled her eyes. Sure, she said, whatever. Allison produced a second key and unlocked the door. The sound of the deadbolt disengaging was was loud and final. Max looked back at Danny, who was chewing her bottom lip as if debating whether or not to walk home by herself. Finally, she sighed and tromped up the stairs. She muttered something about stupid crushes as she flipped the switch on her plastic candy bucket and lifted the jack-o'-lantern's glowing face. She led them into the house, closely followed by Max and Allison. I can't see a thing, Danny said. There's a light switch around here somewhere, Allison said. Max took Danny's makeshift flashlight and peered around. When Max had biked the past three previous weekends, he thought the house seemed creepy in an old, dilapidated way but now he realized that it was sinister in a far different manner. The air inside with both, was both stale and too, and little too still, the way a house would feel when everyone is playing hide-and-seek, still yet tingling with nerves, still yet anxiously watching. A ticket counter at the front of the room displayed a dusty, a dusty tchotchkes including postcards of salem and stuffed bears with patterned capes and tiny brooms and i found a lighter max said plucking a zippo from the display case the silver lighter was engraved with a witch silhouetted against a full moon he struck it hard and hurried over to the wall to help allison locate the switch it was an industrial thing that had only been installed in the past decade or so but when they flipped the switch on didn't work try the breaker box allison said pointing pointing Max opened the metal panel and turned every breaker off and then on again. 
the time, uh, this time the lights throughout the whole room popped to life. The main part of the house was, was the big room with the wood floors and wood walls and a high wood ceilings. There was a, you know what that reminds me of? Mm. Our house right now, <laughs> like how it's all dark and stuff. Um, the main part of the house, but basically, uh, there was a loft on one side of the house, which reminded Max of the small loft in his own room. Hey, we have one of those too. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like the attic part and that's going to be your room. Yeah, but you're going to, that's so cool. You can turn it into your play area or your hangout session room. Let's have a little hangout sesh. A broom was mounted near the loft with a, with a helpful plaque identifying it as a witch's broom in case visitors weren't sure about the witch. The house's shtick. There were other signs of modern influence, too. In addition to the electric lights, narrow piping ran through the perimeter of the ceiling, each branching, each branch ending with a spigot. Sprinklers in case of an old tinderbox went up in flames, Max realized. Also, the layout of the room was that, was that of a museum, not everyday living. Furniture had been moved back from the middle of the room to make way for series of displays that had come overrun with spider rubs in the absence of regular cleaning. On the wall was a huge curio cabinet loaded with boxes and jars. Nearby, a set of cast iron pots and pans hung from hooks in the ceiling. Everything had a small plaque with glaringly obvious explanation. Here, here's the original cauldron, said Allison, pointing to the squat iron pot hanging above, that hung above the empty circle stone. Upstairs is where they slept, she said, gesturing to the loft. She came around to the display case featuring a large leather book. It was the biggest book Max had ever seen, as long as his forearm and thicker than a, the width of his hand. The cover was held together with wide, angry-looking stitches and swirled of, swirled of tarnished silver to help reinforce the corners in the spine. Along the right edge, the cover was strange pucker of leather, almost like the closed eye of a rhinoceros or a person who spent far too much time in a tanning booth. A loop of silver surrounded that too, the far edge of the metal turning into a latch that would have kept the book shut if there had been a padlock. Allison, led down, Allison leaned down to read the information card. It was given to her by the devil himself. The book is bound in human skin and contains recipes for her most powerful and evil spells. She snuck a glance at Max's, at Max's sister. I get the picture, Danny said. Allison laughed. According to the town records, this went missing after the Sanderson sisters were hung. They found it on another woman's house just a few days later. I guess she wanted to try it out for herself. Danny shuddered. How many witches did Salem have anyways? Well, none anymore. How many witches does Salem have anyways? None anymore, Allison said, squeezing Danny's shoulder. Present company excluded, she added, and tugged the tip of Danny's hat. The little girl smiled. Ooh, what? look, this is the inside. Pretty. Wow, the illustration is really beautiful. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. What's what's that? Max asked. He crossed the far corner of the room where ancient looking cast iron stands supported the tall, cream colored candle. Its surface was decorated with complicated etchings of a tree and fire and the base and still humans running in fear, but they had nowhere to run since they ran into one another. Ah, Allison pinched her voice low. It's the black flame candle. Max looked at the nearby plaque. Black flame candle made from the fat of a hanged man. Legends say that on a full moon, it will rise the spirits of the dead if lit by a virgin on Halloween night. 
He looked around in, in the quiet old museum. There was no one there but them, and this seemed like a perfect way to make their, their night more memorable. It would give Danny something else to tell her friends, and Allison too. He liked the idea of Allison telling his friends about him, her friends about him, even if it was about doing something silly. So this, so let's light this sucker and meet the old broads, he said, pulling out the lighter out of his pocket. Danny, looking aghast, shook her head violently. Want to do the honors? Max asked Allison. She was smiling, but looked unimpressed. Uh, no thanks, she said, rolling her eyes. It was the eye roll that threw him. That meant she wasn't a virgin? Did he care? Out of nowhere, screeching, the cap leapt into the back of his neck. Its claws were sharp needles, and there were so many, so many of them. Max fell to his knees, shouting. He wrestled it off and dropped to his shoulders. It's the startled creature slunk under the old chest of drawers. Stupid cat! Okay, Max said. You've had your fun. It's time to go. Come on, Allison. She took Allison by the hand, and the two of them headed for the door. Maybe she's right, Allison said. Let's go. But Max had finally caught his breath. Oh, come on, he said, not ready to, to head home just yet. He liked Allison, but sure, she was the only person that had given him the time and day in Salem, and he couldn't just make another two years there if he didn't have any friends. It's just a bunch of hocus-pocus. Then that made Danny put on her mom voice. Max, I'm not kidding this time, she said. It's time to go. Put on her mom voice. That's funny. Max shook his head at what a little kid Danny was being. Sometimes she acted so mature that he forgot until moments like these that she was only eight. He opened the Zippo lighter and held it up to the candle's dusty wick. Max, no! Danny shouted. The candle caught instantly, and Max grinned. But when, but then he saw what st the strange flame was. It flickered yellow, orange around the edges and had a cool black heart. Max's expression, expression changed to one of concern. Concern. Uh-oh. I think most everybody has seen the movie, so you know what's going to happen. But it's like, oh, it's about to get good, huh? Mm -hmm. Woo!